when I uh, found out I was pregnant for the third time, the first thing we did mm-hmm. mm. was have a budget meeting. Which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were – and I was like, right, how are we going to – because I knew because I'd learnt so much about – postpartum support yeah. and the value of it yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I knew exactly what I wanted for my, mm-hmm. you know, that third postpartum that we, but we needed to have a conversation about how we're going to make this happen. And yeah. we needed to start putting that in the budget right from, you know, the beginning of pregnancy. Yeah. and welcome back to No Place Like Home. We're here today with Katie Parker, who we chatted with a few episodes ago. Uh, I'm Jess. We've got Larissa. Hello. We're going to talk with Katie today about navigating postpartum relationships. This is a big one. It's a juicy one. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Katie, can you, I mean, you're very well versed in all of this, um, I guess a good starting point could be what kind of conversations, assuming you're having a child with someone, Mm -hmm. what kind of conversations should you be having before your baby arrives? Mm, Great. (laughs) It's such a great question because so many of us would not have, it would not have even occurred to us Mm -hmm. that there were conversations that we needed to have. So I certainly didn't. Me neither. Me neither. Um, So, well, okay. For a start, I think it's really helpful to have a conversation with your partner. So we're assuming that, you know, you've got a partner that you're having this child with. Um, Really great conversation to have is reflecting back on your own childhood Mm. and thinking about what were the parts of how you were parented that you want to bring into Mm -hmm. your own parenthood journey. Yeah. And what parts do you want to leave, leave. behind? Yeah, um, and that's a really helpful starting point, I mm-hmm. suppose, to work to to work out what sort of parents yeah. you want to be. That's incredible, Katie. I just feel like so much would come from that. Mm. Just that in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's 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 a powerful question. It mm. really is. Yeah, and it's not often that we would reflect on that. So mm. I think that's a really great a really great starting point. In saying that, I also want to acknowledge that so many of us enter parenthood with probably an idealised version of what sort of parent we're going to be. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen in reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can have quite ri- perhaps quite rigid ideas around mm-hmm. we're not going to let this happen or we'll, you know, we'll be this type of parent mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, having these rules. And I think <clears throat> it's also good to enter parenthood with, you know, an element mm-hmm. of flexibility yes. and also an understanding that we don't know what this little precious human is going to be we don't know what type of you know what their temperament's going to be like Mm -hmm. or their personality or we just don't know you know any of those things so obviously we do need to you know maintain some flexibility around that but I think that's a really uh, a really helpful starting point thinking about yeah what what about your childhood you know what 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 are your favorite memories Mm. of childhood what what things did you really, you know, like yeah. um, are, are really strong memories for you and what sort of memories would you like to create, you know, mm-hmm. in, f- for your children and your family? So um, that's that's often a good place to start. I think entering parenthood with um, the expectation that there are going to be challenges mm. in your relationship. I think entering parenthood thinking that, oh, we've had all the conversations in pregnancy 
therefore we're going to be, you know, we're so in love and, you know. Yeah, we're so connected. We're so, yeah, it all, and, and it often is in pregnancy, you know, it can be a really. I've never been more in love with my husband yes. as I was when I was pregnant. Yeah, really kids. connective yeah. time. So I think if we just expect that it's not always all going to be smooth sailing, that can help um, us adapt to like to, to when things do, you know, when tensions do arise, we can acknowledge that oh yes like Mm. this is a normal part of being in relationship Mm. uh, and not catastrophize and think and you know be packing the suitcase and that's it we've had a fight that must mean he doesn't love me anymore and 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 and, and we're leaving this as we were sharing before, we've both had some personal experiences of that. (laughs) So I think yeah just expecting that there'll be challenges Mm -hmm. and um having some tools I suppose to, Mm -hmm. to manage them as they crop up like thinking about that in advance. So uh, you know, one really helpful strategy can be well, one really important element to a postpartum relationship is communication, clearly. Mm-hmm. Really, really important. So a strategy around maintaining that communication, having regular communication can be scheduling some sort of um, weekly check-in or mm-hmm. something. So, you know, for my partner and I, you know, it was a it was Sunday night check-in yeah. where we'd be and look, this was not in postpartum. This was later on once, mm. <laughs> um, once we'd done a bit of work on our relationship and things that improved a bit. But having that regular opportunity that's in the diary that, you know, you can both speak your mind honestly, you know, share about how each mm. of you are feeling, um, your phones away. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stress this, em- yeah. this, this enough with how much, um, what, what a negative impact phones and other devices have on relationships. Yeah. Um, and so we really want to have create those opportunities where there's no other distractions, where you are sitting, you know, face to face with your partner mm. and you are listening, you're mm-hmm. actively listening to them, you're reflecting back what they heard and approaching those conversations from a place of um, curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, seeking to understand yeah. their perspective mm-hmm. rather than a place so many of us, you know, would come from a place yeah. of defensiveness. Yeah. And, you know, hearing everything they say is like criticism or judgment, um, really, yeah, approaching it more from an open hearted mm-hmm. sort of place, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that would mm. be and 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 giving each other opportunities yeah, to share how, you know, how you're feeling mm-hmm. about just life in general, about the relationship and also what each other's needs are as well, because yeah. as we all know, you know, bring a child into a relationship and it can be pretty quick for our, you know, the parents' needs to drop to the bottom of Mm -hmm. the list. Uh, And I think it's really important that we're having these open, you know, open conversations with each other about what each other's needs are Mm -hmm. and working together. And this often takes compromise Mm. of getting to a place where both of your needs are being met. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as an example, on our Sunday night check-ins, we will, it's it's a very practical, you know, as well as checking in with each other's feelings, it's also a very practical sort of exercise in opening the diary or having the calendar in front of you for the week Mm -hmm. and going, right, what do we each have on? Where are you getting your exercise? Where am I getting mine? Uh, You know, where are you doing something for yourself, your hobby or your leisure time or your time out or whatever, rest, time with friends, where am I getting that? And then where's time for us as a couple? Like where are we getting, where are we putting that in? And I know, and, Sorry, the fourth one would be then where are we getting some family time as well? Yeah. Um, you know, is is it Sunday family day or is is there something in there that you're, um, you know, we've, you know, my kids are a bit older now, board games are our thing. Yeah. We love board yeah. game nights um, and or 
you know, a movie night or something like that yeah. or whether or going to the beach today or planning little trips away and that sort of thing where it's just, you know, just you as a family. Um, and I know I'm really conscious when I say that that's a lot of things I've just listed to fit into a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not every week you're going to fit in everything. Mm-hmm. But I think where you're having weekly check-ins, mm. then you can be on top of it. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get that thing that week, then at least, you know, mm-hmm. okay, over into the we'll, next. we'll put it into yeah. the next week. And, you know, we, I'm sure we've all had the situation where you might have planned that yoga class or whatever the thing you were going to be doing and then what something happens. You know, yeah. you end up being sick or your child's sick or... For what you know, something falls down and it doesn't happen, and I think it can be we can be quick to enter that place of resentment and why do I even yeah, bother? Yeah, you know that sort yeah. of thing. I think when we can again approach that really flexibly and go, okay, it didn't work out this time, yeah. but when is it going? Okay, mm-hmm. we'll reschedule that, and that's going back in you know yeah. next Wednesday morning or something. Yeah, you know, making sure that we we can just keep things in perspective and go, okay, didn't work at that time. You know, where can we mm-hmm. reschedule that? So yeah, communication has got to be like one of the, the yeah. you know, the biggest the, keys. the biggest things. Yeah. yeah uh, in terms of maintaining that, that connection. Um, sorry, I realize I've gone off on a tangent more to answer your question about the conversations you're having in pregnancy. Mm. Um, I think it's really important to have a conversation around finances. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add, and I know this is probably a really controversial statement, um, and I feel like maybe I put this in life after birth, but then we took it out. I'd have to check. Um, I truly believe that if you can't have a conversation about money with the person you're having a child with, then you probably shouldn't be having a child with them. Like if money is that taboo mm-hmm. in your relationship, then there's a really big problem there. There should be, there should be mm. no issue talking about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's really important because we know from the research that like the conflicts in relationship, like money is the cause of mm-hmm. I, I can't remember percentages or anything, but it's a really mm-hmm. you know high <laughs> contributing factor to tensions in relationships. Mm-hmm. So it is really important to have those conversations um, early on. And I think I shared in a in a in a previous um, episode that when I uh, found out I was pregnant for the third time, the first thing we did mm-hmm. was mm. have a budget meeting. Which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were, and I was like, right, how are we going to, because I knew, because I'd learnt so much about postpartum support yeah. and the value of it yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I knew exactly what I wanted for my, mm-hmm. you know, that third postpartum that we, but we needed to have a conversation about how we're going to make this happen. And yeah. we needed to start putting that in the budget right from, you know, the beginning of pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that's really clear. And, and and having those conversations around what's important to you, because you know, we when we come into a relationship with someone, you know, we each bring our own stuff, right? Yeah. Like we've got mm. our own all our own childhood stories and experiences and values and beliefs and assumptions and all these sorts yeah. of things. So it's really important that we're open about what we're you know what we're both sort of bringing to the yeah. table there. Elaine uh, de actually says, when you meet someone, one of the first ways the one of the first things you should share are the ways in which you're crazy oh. <laughs> mm. rather than being with someone for a year or two yeah. and then yeah. you know that stuff coming out it's like let's talk about this now 
Yes. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. got nothing to do with finances, yeah. but just yeah. um, it felt relevant. Yeah. I feel like the com- <laughs> I feel like the conversation that you initially have with your partner is just this overarching: Do you want to have children? Mm-hmm. And it's a yes, yes, no, no, mm. and then that's sort of where it stops. So I think it's awesome that we're talking about sort of what are the conversations beyond that? Because yeah. mm. I think mm. people, I know I certainly felt like. Well, okay, we both want to have children, so okay, we'll keep having a relationship. Like you yeah. know, we'll yeah. we'll keep yeah. doing this. Um, but I think, Katie, if you can talk a bit around what um, training you've done in this space, mm. and then maybe um, do you have services that couples could engage with if someone's listening to this and they're feeling a bit overwhelmed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how they could engage with your services? Yes. Yeah, so there's a fantastic book called Becoming Us by Ellie Taylor, who's an Australian relationship counsellor. She's amazing. So I have done her Becoming Us facilitation training. Okay. Um, So that book alone is a a fabulous Mm. resource. I need to look it up. I want to read it. Mm, Really, really great book. Um, So I think, yeah, would be my recommendation for all pregnant couples. We can have that in our bookshelf To read that. Yes, definitely. And if you were wanting more um, tailored, you know, individually tailored support around mm. that then yes that's something that i that i offer mm. uh, i don't there are groups there are becoming us group programs that right. some people run them as group programs that you could join um i i don't offer groups at, at this stage so it would be more just one-on-one one couples <laughs> yes, yeah, one yeah, on, yeah 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 um and i mean even just even at the very least having a postpartum planning session yeah um where we can yeah. cover some of this sort of stuff yes um another great resource is um it's it's called What About Us? And it's a really cute little oh. book by Karen Kleiman. She's a social worker. Okay. Um, in the states, I think. Yeah, and it's this lovely book that uh, it's you know there's an illustration on every page, little cartoon sort of thing, and it, it just covers so many different topics about everything related to having Amazing. a you know relationship and bringing a baby into a relationship, and you know there's little tidbits of advice sort of on each page. But really, the cartoons are share a story, you know, really relatable sort of little scenarios that you might. Um, come across in your relationship so that's a really fantastic resource I'm I'm also um I haven't completed my training yet but I'm uh, undertaking training to become a Gottman um, method couples therapist what's that Mm. so Drs John and Julie Gottman um over in the U.S. they are like their um what would you call it um model of or, or you know they've done decades and decades of research into relationships and that's basically the gold standard of relationship therapy, right. couple therapy. Yeah. I wanted to actually bring that up earlier when you were talking about communication because they say there's that, the bids for attention and yes. there's the, you can, um, so when you talked about putting your phones away, it's, um, they apparently, and I might get this not quite right, but they can tell by the way a couple respond to one another um, with these bids for attention. If you look up from what you're doing and respond to your partner like 90% of the time or whatever it is, then you're going to be a more successful couple than the people who just keep watching the show or keep reading their book or keep looking at their phone and scrolling on yes, TikTok. Yes, absolutely. So it's bid, bids of connection. Bids, bids for connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so they talk about turning towards. Yes. And so that would be phone away, mm-hmm. engaging, you know, mm-hmm. making Stop eye what contact. You're doing. Yes, yeah. responding in a positive yeah. you know, way. And then there's turning away. Yeah. And then there's turning against. Uh-huh. So turning away is sort of more the ignoring, like didn't really mm-hmm. register what you just said, sort of thing. And the turning against is actually the, the making going, it, yeah, yeah, like going into mm, battle mode, like sort of like defensiveness, yeah, defensiveness or rolling the eyes or making mm. a sort of negative. 
I just roll my eyes at the thought of yeah. someone rolling their yeah. eyes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so then that works in a way that you would work with a couple by ident- breaking down all of these, turning away, turning again. The, you would identify that through the process sitting down with you. Yeah, you and becoming aware, aware of, uh, yeah. having yeah, the it's awareness, awareness of it. Yeah. to what, yeah, yeah, how you're responding, mm. um, and so you know it's around education of you mm. know, both people in the relationship around yeah the importance of the turning towards. Yeah, and yeah, you, you're right. The research so is very clear that yeah. yeah, the more you're turning towards, the more yeah, yeah, because I've heard the, the, relationship the theory is. of the five horsemen. Four horsemen, yeah. Four horsemen, yeah, yeah. yeah. I added another one, clearly. I've got another horseman somewhere. I'm sure we could find it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll find it. Yeah, Um, yeah. It sounds like a similar sort of theory. That's that's, that's the Gottman theory. Oh, there you go. So Gottman um, website would be a fantastic resource. Lots of, yeah, yeah, lots of great, yeah. Um, What about love languages? Is that something you think is important? Yeah, look, it's funny you ask that because I've never been that – it's not something I tend to bring up Go to. in a big, you know, like I think it is worth mentioning though. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's, I think it is worth being aware of mm-hmm. what your love language may be. And what your partner's um, is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Having conversation. Like I, yeah. I haven't actually, to be honest, I haven't read the book, <laughs> um, yeah. but I, you know, I'm, aw- <clears throat> I'm aware of what they are and yeah, I think it, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. It's worthwhile definitely being aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know she's very controversial, but the holistic psychologist has gone on to identify another five love languages. <laughs> and it's things like, I can't remember all of them, but it's things like knowing each other's trauma responses, knowing each uh, other's trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so important, right, to know these mm-hmm. things about the person that you're going to raise a family with. Mm, yeah, and yet yeah. often we just go in so blind. We do, we do. And, you know, it is a bit embarrassing to admit, but like this is something that it's taken, you know, my eldest is almost nine. And it's like my relationship currently is the best it's ever been. Yeah. But for a long time there, you know, we're on shaky ground. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we've we've learnt through years. I think you know to have this understanding of someone back in pregnancy before you bring a child into the relationship would be really yeah. Mm. Gosh, it would make for smoother sailing, you know, once the child's born. But even things like you know now, um, if I'm you know if I'm getting really upset or angry about something like. My partner knows that I just need some time. I need yeah. some time away. He will say, "Why don't you go for a walk?" Yeah, yeah. You know, and I know that by the time I've walked around the block, been got out in nature, fresh air. I've got yeah. yep, and I come back in and I can just enter it's that conversation yeah. in such a different, yeah, from such a oh, different geez. perspective. So it's just like learning those little things uh, yeah, about each other. Yeah, but you don't know that unless you talk about it. <laughs> and also, you don't. Some couples get pregnant and they've never had a fight. Mm. And you don't truly know someone until you know their fighting style, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Something something else that, that, that has come up and, you know, my partner's all over this now, you know, again, something he's learned about me, but sometimes I can, you know, react from this very triggered state and yeah. he knows whatever I've, however I've just responded is a huge overreaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, what else is going on? Mm, I know you can't be that amazing. upset. You know, he's like, yeah. what... Yeah. What's happened? What else yeah. is there? Like, what's underneath? <laughs> yeah, that you know, looking um, beyond the behavior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly what like we do with our children, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, our children. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. it's almost that recommitment to each other, though, isn't it? Because it's such a different phase of your relationship with your partner, mm-hmm. and you know, you go through this process of you know reflecting on my own experience of the 
okay, this is how we do it. This is how we're supposed Mm. to be doing it, right? And we've got the white picket fence and we've got the, you know, all of the things and we're ticking the boxes. And then something like, for me, postnatal depression Mm. just throws all of that way out the door. And you, I think for us, we sort of, we mumbled our way through that and got to the other side, but then there was still that, okay, well, we go back to, we reconvene as to the the social expectations of our relationship mm-hmm. and then you sort of have to hit that shaky, well, for us, we sort of, we had to hit that shaky ground to go, well, we're either doing this or we're not. Mm. And it's that recommitment to each other mm-hmm. to yeah. have those conversations that we probably should have had when we were pregnant to be like, okay, this is a new chapter for us. Mm, this is yeah. like mm. a new beginning for us. And what, how do we want this to look? Mm. And it can feel really uncomfortable Very. to be that vulnerable yes. with a partner if you haven't, if there hasn't been that level mm-hmm. of vulnerability in the relationship yeah. before. So I would encourage anyone, because people, some people might hear that and go, oh, that feels yeah, like exactly. awkward. How would I bring up some of these conversations? And I would just encourage you like to, to, uh, sit with the uncomfortability, you know, and the yeah. discomfort of yeah. that awkwardness because the more you can have the awkward conversations, the less awkward it becomes over yeah. time. So it's, And it actually feels good once mm, you do it mm. and once you're both accepting of that conversation, there's like this quiet appreciation for the openness that mm-hmm. you've sort of come to the table mm. with. Mm. I know that's yeah. what John and I certainly... Yes. And you mentioned before uh, in another episode, I think it was the done um, Lailstone's immersion. Mm, mm. Another fantastic course that she has is a couples is a yes. couples course, mm. and it's a self paced. And my partner and I actually did that together um, several years ago, and that is a fantastic resource because it actually talks you through, like mm. it guides you through. I think there's eight modules or something, and each module guides you through different you know aspects, and and it has these you know this list of prompts. Yeah. So it actually so because sometimes you don't even know what questions to ask exactly. or how to have these conversations. Yeah. Whereas this course just so beautifully guides Mm, you through that mm. process of like what to ask each other Mm. and when we did that we discovered things about each other we had no idea about so beautiful and you think you know your partner so intimately Mm. and Mm. yet there's still so much to learn about each other isn't there Mm -hmm. and I think in that um in that in the previous episode we spoke about the fair play cards because I think talking Mm. about the division of labor in the home is so important um you know should couples be talking about that? Mm, absolutely. I mean, like we, yeah. it's very clear from research that, you know, when um, a, a couple, even where there was equitable division of labour of household tasks pre-kids, after kids, there's this huge gap. Like um, with, mm. in a heterosexual relationship, for example, women are doing five hours more of domestic labour a week than, than men. Like there's a really big discrepancy. Just you know what? Even, yeah. um, so mm. Esther Perel had a same-sex couple on her podcast and she found that that division of labour or the the lack of equality in the division of labour existed just depending on what roles these women were playing. So mm-hmm. the one that was staying at home versus the one mm-hmm. that was going to work, even though they were both women, mm-hmm. the one that was staying at home still found themselves doing mm-hmm. more labour. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting just, you know, the it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in, being at home versus being out of the home there's that huge discrepancy. Yes, and so much of that is plays in how we've been socialised. Yes. You know, as yeah, to yeah. what's expected. Yeah, I think it's really important to recognise how we've each each person from the relationship has been socialised into their gender roles as mm. well. Um, so, for example, um, 
you know, women mm. um, are typically seen, and this is obviously not, this is a generalisation, but, mm. you know, we know that women have generally seen their mothers take on, mm-hmm. you know, the bulk of the, the household labour yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they've seen their fathers go off to work, work. and yeah. come home and expect the dinner to be on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's been your imprinting around that growing up, then that's, you know, that's sort of mm-hmm. how it plays that's out by default. Yeah. So I think the the fair play cards are such an amazing tool. And, you know, there's also the book that you can read or listen to on Audible um, that goes along with the cards, but it, it, it's such a great opportunity to make those things, you know, like make the invisible visible basically, yeah. Yeah. you know, like because until – your partner sees how much of the mental load you're carrying and all those little things mm-hmm. that you do during the day that you probably don't even realise, you know, are contributing to mm. your stress and overwhelm and mm-hmm. exhaustion. Um, the, you know, the process of playing this card game together can really make that invisible mental load mm. visible and can yeah, help to even things Balance out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. Yeah, really, really great resource. Yeah, I mean... I can also speak to um, the fact I think people – I think we've spoken about this in the past on, on this podcast. Um, know. I'm the main worker in my home at the moment and my husband is studying but he's also the main carer of our kids mm-hmm. and he does way more housework than me. Mm-hmm. And that's also our personalities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I just – it's been interesting to watch him also now have to take on the mental load of being home with yeah. the children and the little things like – Swimming lessons, remembering to pay the invoice for, sw- for swimming mm-hmm. lessons, mm-hmm. Um, appointments, you know, so many things that just school uniform, there's still, there's still a lot that I take care of in the mental load realm, but it's been interesting to watch him have to learn how to navigate that. Mm. and realise mm. how much work it is. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about that card game is like if you pull the swimming lesson card, you are involved, you know, you're responsible for every aspect of that. Of that. So that is, yes, researching which swimming school you're going to go to, booking them in, um, yeah, having the bathers and the towel and the goggles and the things that you need mm-hmm. and it, like all, you know, all, yeah. um, uh, you know, every aspect of yeah, that task yeah. you take responsibility for. We... So. Um, at home, H-O-M-B, um, <laughs> we obviously want to invite the opportunity for the partners to stay um, with the, the person who's staying at home. Um, would that be a really great thing for us to incorporate as having these cards as a really kind of nice, gentle way of okay, well, what does it look like when you go home, guys? Like, how are we going to – Yeah, absolutely. What would you recommend? Yeah? Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I really do. And I think um, the, the sooner you, you know, having these conversations yeah. as a couple, the better. Yeah. And it really should be happening from from birth or, mm. you know. When you're when, – yeah, when you're <clears throat> pregnant. But if I'm just thinking in the cases of yes. most people, unfortunately, yes. not doing – having these conversations, if we're finding that – you know, the people who were staying with us were like, mm, this conversation hasn't been yeah. had or, you know, how can we encourage it? But even it? if it has, I think the conversations need to be ongoing, right? Like you can't yeah. just talk about something once. Yeah, it, it is. You're right, yeah. Jess. It's yeah, an ongoing absolutely. conversation. I think yeah. Yeah, I think at any stage yeah. introducing those cards would be would be mm. great. Mm. Um, and and yeah, the earlier the better, really. So, yeah, if, if yeah, definitely. I definitely encourage. Mm. And then I guess um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you if – 
and this is a big one, <laughs> um, if you haven't had these conversations, if you mm-hmm. find yourself in this relationship where you're just at odds with each other, you like it, you, you, you're struggling to communicate, how do you repair? Mm. Is there room to repair? Yeah, absolutely. And repair is so important. Like I said right at the beginning, anticipating that you're going to have challenges yeah. is you know, helps, I suppose, to bridge yeah. that gap you know, yeah. between expectation and reality. <laughs> When, when they actually arise. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and repair is such a huge part of that. So mm-hmm. coming back together, um, communication, you know, yeah. always comes back to communication, doesn't yeah. it? And communicating around your needs mm-hmm. and, what you know, what's happened there. And also looking at what was the, what, what was the cause of the conflict. And so often, and my, my partner and I have reflected on this, so often it is each other's, like my expectations were up here mm-hmm. yeah. and he didn't meet them. Yeah. So it's actually, you know, yeah. so whereas if I can clearly communicate what my expectations are and we can have a conversation mm-hmm. around that, whether or not they're reasonable or not, you know, yeah. then that helps so much for him to know, mm-hmm. you know, where he sits in it all. Otherwise, he's constantly feeling like he's not enough. He's not living up to my expectations mm-hmm. and then, you know, conflict arises. Yeah, so you get defensive and... Yeah, so um, actually unpacking what was the cause of the conflict yeah. and how can we... Yeah, and, and reconnection, like just coming back to reconnection. And I think, you know, we, we know, in particularly in the newborn days, but this can go on for years. Yeah. Days can turn into yeah. weeks, can mm-hmm. turn into months, can turn and into years. And resentment can build if you're not yep. talking about it. Yep. And it's like this snowball. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, re, you know, having those points of reconnection. Yeah. And at the end, you know, if, if you've got a partner that's working outside of the home or even if they're working, in the, you know, at the end of the mm. day, reconnecting as a couple. Yeah. And I can think back to postpartum where I was like, throwing the baby oh, at yeah. my partner the yeah. second he walked in the yeah. door and I wouldn't have even looked I wouldn't have even made eye contact with him mm-hmm. let alone spoken to him other than like this is what there needs to happen yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know whereas then once I became more aware of what you know how I was greeting him as yeah. he walked, you know like no wonder he's gonna walk in and feel crap yeah. and that just sets up this awfulness you know yeah. for the rest of the evening whereas when we were became aware of our patterning there we could actually just make eye contact have a hug, yeah, and and it lit- that was all it took, really. Yeah, and uh, you know, connection. asking each other one yeah. question about the day or something, um, just that softens. It just made yeah. such a difference, yeah, yeah. And for our kids to see that as well, I think always, I'm always Definitely. thinking, what are we, what are we modeling, modeling to our children yes. yeah, about um, healthy relationships and repair? You know, the rupture and repair. Yeah, mm. because that's the thing, right? Like we we practice the rupture and repair thing with our children. We need to also practice it with mm. our partners. And this is coming back to what Elaine de Botton says in um, The Course of Love, which I think is a brilliant book. It's a novel. It's a nonfiction novel, but then he psychoanalyzes the couple. So he has their story and then there's the psychoanalysis of what's going on. And I just think it's so brilliant. And I think that every new family should read this book because it's so amazing. And he talks about if you treated your partner like a toddler when they're dysregulated, <laughs> mm. um, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you need to go to the mm-hmm. toilet? Do you need a cuddle? Like what's going on for you rather mm-hmm. than that reactiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and something we talk about in life after birth is um, coming at conflicts with the story in my head is. Mm-hmm. So yes. rather than yes. accusing someone yep. of, yep. you did this and it's there. Mm-hmm. The story in my head is when you don't do the dishes, you don't value the fact that I really need the kitchen to be clean for my mental health, whatever mm. it is, you know. Oh, that's um, such an important point. Yes. Asking yourself, what am I making this mean? My yeah. partner hasn't done this thing that I expected. What am, what's the story yeah. I'm telling myself about? What's the about story what, in my yeah. head? And generally and then, it's like, he doesn't care. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't appreciate me. Or, you know, it's all, taking all the blame of off them. And mm. then, they, then there's less room for defensiveness yes. because 
you're being vulnerable. Yeah. And so depersonalizing yeah, it. Yeah. And actually the problem, it's the problem that's the problem. It's not the person that's the problem. And yes. actually, yeah, that yeah. can be, yeah, a really helpful reframe as well. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. I mean, we could talk about this all day. I but, know. Um, there's so many more things, but I'm like, <laughs> no, Larissa. Just <laughs> um, Thank we'll, you so we'll much, Katie. Thank you, yeah. Katie. Um, as per usual, to our beautiful listeners, if you have any questions for us or for Katie, mm. please let us know in the comments on Spotify, on Instagram. Um, we're here to answer it all. And we will link Katie's info in our show notes so you can find her. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks. It's been so lovely being here. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and their guest speakers. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. This podcast is for informational purposes only and content here should not be taken as medical or professional advice. Please consult your healthcare professional for any personal recommendations and medical care. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate based on the best available information at the time of recording, we welcome any comments, suggestions or feedback via our website contact form, home.com.au forward slash contact. Names and details of personal experiences may have been changed to allow for anonymity and privacy. To join the conversation, join us on social media at Home Postpartum.